Hey, Hopefuls, you're listening to Babes with Hope with your hosts, Jessa, Tash, and Rachel. I'm Jessa. I'm a Potter nerd, history buff, and loving dog mom, and I'm an expert at helping you connect to your intuition and authentic self. And I'm Tash, a fun-loving, adventure-seeking world traveler, and my expertise is in organizational goal-setting. And I'm Rachel. I'm a figure skating, gym-loving Disney nerd, and I'm an expert at helping you uncover your innermost thoughts and emotions so you can discover your inner champion. And together, we're Babes with Hope. Hey, Hopefuls. Welcome to our very first episode of 2021. Welcome to a new episode, a new year, and we are so happy to have you here with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Babes with Hope. And this first episode of 2021 is going to be talking about what we are hopeful for, what is bringing us hope right now, and what we are hopeful for about the future, this year and beyond. So Jessa, do you want to get us started and let our listeners know what are you hopeful for this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am hopeful for a lot. As we know, 2020 kind of kicked us all collectively in the ass. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so I think my first main hope is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is a jinx, but I'm like, could there be another year that's worse than 2020? I don't know. So I feel like- Cancel universe? No. We don't want that. Well, I, my point is, is that I feel like we can only go up from here. Um, but yeah, I mean, personally on a personal level, um, I am hopeful for a ton of personal growth as far as like pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And I think I've kind of found my mantra for 2021, which is going to be, uh, finishing what I start. And for me personally, that is, that has always been such a difficult concept for me to tackle because I deal with um, duality mindset, which means that I'm like an all or nothing or like a right versus wrong, a black and white. Like I, I don't, my old programming doesn't see a lot of like gray area. So that's something that I'm trying to work through as well as a perfectionist mindset. So it's really difficult for me to um, follow through with anything really if I don't find that the outcome is going to be what I deem as perfect, which like spoiler, nothing is ever (laughs) perfect. Um, So that's also something that I'm really working through. But uh, I think I have spoken a couple times on the podcast about how I was taking classes uh, during this fall semester Mm -hmm. um, of 2020. And so I, this was my first semester back in practically 11 years. I'd taken, I'd started other semesters throughout 
the last 11 years and didn't finish them. Um, and this one I did, I took three classes and yesterday was the last day of the semester and I turned in all of my work and I, I just actually had a therapy session about all of this this morning. So it's yeah, like fresh on the brain that I, aside from like the academic learning of like what I actually learned in the courses, I took away so much more personal growth from this semester, which was kind of the intention. Like, yes, I am somebody that is absolutely hungry to just like learn and be educated. Um, that's a very important value to me. But the thing that I hoped that I was going to get out of the semester more than anything was like a vessel to push me and force me to create new habits, to become disciplined, to um, learn how to focus and not procrastinate. Ha, that one didn't work. Um, but I learned so many other things. I have awesome cool like study tips now, um, which, so I feel like on another episode, maybe we've talked about like our learning styles. Have we talked about that on the record on the podcast? Not in depth, no. but I would love to know what's like one study tip that you've taken away from this semester. So it has to do with my learning style. And I think, I guess, I think this is audible learning style. I'm not sure. Pretty much point is, um, when I was doing my first, um, essay back at the beginning of the semester, as I was procrastinating, I was looking up videos online of like, how do people write freaking essays? It eludes me like, or it did like, how do you just, it just the whole thing, especially being out of practice for 11 years. I was just like, this seems like impossible. And I came across this video where somebody had gone through her PhD program and she was like, yeah, like the, the clickbait title was I wrote my PhD essay, like 20 page papers in two hours. And I'm like, okay, what's your secret? And so I clicked on it. And what she said pretty much was that she downloaded the Google drive app on her phone and she used the editing tool and the audio dictation tool on her phone to speak her essays out and then she would just go back and edit them and like kind of formulate them into a proper um, essay. And I was like, that actually sounds awesome because even what anytime that I've done blogs in the past, even trying to like write my book and just like all these things, anytime I go to actually like sit down and type out words, my mind goes fuzzy because my procrastination brain is like every single sentence that you write out has to be perfect. Um, and I go back and I self edit it, which you're not supposed to do, especially when you're writing a book, it's just supposed to be like stream of consciousness. But, um, uh, that, that stream of consciousness is easy for me as I'm just talking. I could just, I could sit and talk about anything always. Um, and so that is the biggest like study tool that I took away um, from this year, which I did several assignments using that. And it was so freaking easy. Like just speak the thing out on like, and it didn't have to be perfect sentences right away. I would go back and edit it so easy and really time, um, time, not time consuming, the opposite of time consuming, time effective. saving, 
Thank you. Efficient, whatever. So I think that takes a lot of pressure off when you kind of can understand what your learning style is and hey this works for me like this is so easy just to speak my thoughts out and then not filter myself and go back and then edit it so for our listeners out there there are different learning styles that you might be drawn to one or another you might be split or you might be like me you're completely split three ways out of the five (laughs) and you have a dominant one or you might have a dominant few so you could be a visual learner this is when you're um really stimulated by the sights and the things around you see things you could hear things as an auditory learner and this is Jessa what I'm picking up from you you like to hear things you like the sound of it you Mm -hmm. speak things and that is what makes learning a lot easier for you you could also be a kinesthetic learner which is you have to do it to understand it so you actually have to physically do it and then you'll understand it or what am I missing here Rage? Auditory digital. Yes. Um, Auditory digital is a processing learner. So it means that they learn by the process. Um, Oftentimes, auditory digital learners will, as the teacher is talking, they will um, repeat the sentences back to themselves in their head. This is something that auditory digital learners will do. Um, Or when they're writing it out, they will repeat what they've just written either out loud or in their head, this is a processing learning learner or an auditory digital learner. And the reason why I couldn't explain it is because it's the one that I am the very, very least amount like me. (laughs) Which one's your highest? So I have done, there's different like tools and tricks that you can do with tests and stuff to figure out which one you are. And so over I did this quiz in August and I came out a very high visual learner I did this quiz this past weekend and my visual audible and kinesthetic scores were all tied (laughs) so I it's like you have to teach me in all the ways for me to understand (laughs) and I have to do it in all the ways like for me to like fully comprehend it so yeah you can train yourself to be more visual you can train yourself to be more auditory and it really is just like kind of what connects with you and which feels best and I think that's why throughout my university I was like all over the place I picked up some of those tricks that Jess said as well and sometimes they didn't work for me either I am very high auditory. Like my auditory learner is off the charts and then everything else is really low. Um, except for kinesthetic, I'm I'm higher kinesthetic than I am visual or auditory digital. But, and I really need to hear things. So in college, my my roommate actually would get like super frustrated with me because I would not study. I didn't need to. I'd already heard it in class and it was in my brain. So she, on the other hand, was not an auditory learner. She had to learn through reading. So she'd read all the materials. And I was like, why are you rereading that chapter? We covered it in class. And she's like, I don't remember what the professor was saying. And I was like, I remember everything that the professor was saying. I'm ready to go write my paper. Um, So just different learning styles. The other thing that I was thinking, Jessa, is you might also be an external processor. 
So you have to speak it out in order to process what you're thinking. So yeah, that's when I, when you were talking about the kinesthetic of like the doing of it, I was like, huh, that sounds also right. Because I, yeah, I think the thing that helps is like hearing what I'm being taught and then spitting it out in my own language. Because when I do the spitting it out in my own language, I now know that I am fully understanding it in my head. Right. So you're an external processor, which is funny because now that we're talking about this out loud, I'm like, aha, this is why I'm an internal processor. So that is why when you guys ask me questions or like, what do we want to talk about on today's podcast? Jessa starts talking things out loud and I'm just like silent (laughs) for like 10 minutes. And then then I feel self-conscious. Like I'm not just zoning out. I'm just trying to think inside my head. That's actually like just explains so much about my life, to be quite honest with you, about how like I definitely am a person like when I have a problem, I want to call everyone and talk it out and see like if there are different sides of something that I'm not seeing. Like I just very much need to like talk my shit out. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. What is it called? Um, you're an external processor, external processor. Okay. I'm an internal processor. What are you Tash? If you were to know, I am like everything very kind of on the cusp, right? So I do internally process quite often. And at the same time, it is external processing is one of the things like if you notice in our conversation this morning I was before we hit record I was definitely okay thinking about it out loud and then sometimes Mm -hmm. I think it's dependent on like the topic and how much I know about it how much like the unconscious mind is connected to it so I think yeah either maybe I'm more external Mm-hmm. I could see that only because I feel like and you guys please correct me if this is a misconception I feel like I'm always the last to answer and it's just because I have to spend more time thinking inwardly no I totally see that I totally mm-hmm. see that you yeah you did that just this morning <laughs> I was like wait I'm thinking <laughs> yeah <laughs> wait for me guys wait <laughs> um So yeah, I think you are an auditory external processor, which is why you love speaking out your essays. Mm -hmm. I'm an auditory internal processor. So writing for me is I can just sit down and do it because in my Mm -hmm. brain, I've already figured out what the structure is going to be, what the organization is going to look like, which uh, what my thesis is and how I'm organizing it. All of that happens in my head before I even sit down. And see, okay, so this was the other thing that I took away from the semester, which is um, essays, like I said, are shit for me. Like I, it's very, very difficult for me to gather information from a bunch of sources and just like write about it. So during this like break between next semester, I plan to create an essay template for myself, which will have space for me to 
write out thoughts of what I want to put in my intro, my body paragraphs, and my outro, as well as sources that I'll be using in these paragraphs, you know, what the type, like just have it all written out because I can't do that internally. I need to like, I need to have something visual. The, the one essay that I feel like I did fairly well on this semester, the professor had written out some kind of like questions to think about while you're like discovering the topic for yourself. And I actually use those questions as a template and as a format to like uh, format my essay. And I feel like I did the best on that one because I had a direction. And also like, like I said, this is my first semester back. Like every time that I do something, it's going to get better. It's going to get easier. And I'll be able to like you know, formulate my thoughts quicker and more effectively. But as of now, like, yeah, I do need to like outside of myself format things. Um, so that's one of the tools that I'm taking into next year. Awesome. So I forgot what we were talking about originally. <laughs> I, we were just talking about hope, but I am loving where this conversation oh, is going. Too. Because I think yeah. it's so important to understand not only your own learning style, but others. Like, Rachel, if we didn't know that you were an internal processor, we would literally just think you had nothing to say all the mm -hmm. time. And, like, this happens all the time in schools. Like, mm -hmm. you see the one kid in class that is always the first to speak up, and you always think that this person has, like, so many opinions, or they're so smart, or whatever it might be. And then there's the shy, quiet person who is equally as smart, if not maybe more, because they are just internally processing, and just because they don't blurt out the answer, like, as soon as the words leave the professor's mouth doesn't mean that they're not thinking about it, considering it, and coming up with their own genius answer. So right. understanding that you process internally rather than externally, like Jessa and I, we're able to give you the space that you need to come up with your own opinion to share with us. And then we give you that space to share as an internal processor. If we didn't exactly. know that, we would just maybe pass over you and you would never yeah. have the opportunity. For sure. Well, and I think too, as we're talking about like learning what, um, like how we process information, I just now at 30 years old, am finding this out. And anytime I kind of heard people talking about the way that they, like their learning styles and stuff and would hear like the different, um, the different areas that you can learn. I, which is, this is kind of like the Enneagram where I would like think that I am um, a visual learner because sometimes I can like, you know, when I was in high school, I would remember being able to like visualize the answer from a quiz inside the textbook and like see it on the page. And so I always just assumed that I was a visual learner. Um, but my point is, is that it wasn't until I tried something new and I looked outside of myself when I knew that something wasn't work. I knew that my studying style was not working. Like it wasn't getting me anywhere. I would not have been able to get through the semester without like looking outside myself to see if there were other ways that I could have tried this and done this. And I think that is 
so important that we, mm-hmm. when we're trying to discover things about ourselves, this is true for pretty much all of self-development in general. When you're trying to decipher something about yourself and you don't really know how to get the answer, you're just like, well, I just am what I am. How am I supposed to know? Push yourself out of your comfort zone. Try something like really test yourself in some way. It doesn't have to be like some like profound, crazy, uncomfortable thing. Sometimes that'd be, that's cool. This semester definitely was for me. Um, but you'll end up learning so much more about yourself. And like, I don't know that that necessarily is like talked about enough, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds like, like just because you're able to visually recall something or you have a photographic memory doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean that's your learning style. Yeah. Um, Because I I can see things and I can remember them, but that's not my learning style. So like in dance and in skating and stuff, the instructor would show how to do something and I'd be like, don't get it. And then when they would talk me through it step by step and I could hear them say mohawk cross over step forward sachet, then I'd be like, oh, I get it. (laughs) But if they just showed it to me, I'm like, I don't understand what we're doing. (laughs) That's so funny. I yes, no, I totally understand. Mohawk gibberish. Sashay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's all I heard. I forget how funny Mohawk is when you first hear it because all you think of is like a hairstyle. A yeah. The ice skating dance step. <laughs> Love it. So, with that, with education and learning your learning style, what, what are you hopeful for in this next year, 2021? So kind of like I said at the beginning, I'm just really hopeful in um, like finishing what I start and um, just like pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. So the thing that I didn't say is this last weekend, like I said, yesterday was the last day that I, you know, had to turn in stuff. I got to Saturday today. Today's Monday. I got to Saturday and everything's due on Sunday at 1159 p.m. And I still had three essays to do. And I called my best friend and I called him because I was like, look in my head, I was like, I have to have all three of these essays done in order to just pass the class. They were required just to pass the class. Um, I think it's impossible to get three essays done in two days. And I'm okay with failing this class because I got so much out of this semester. That's what I called to tell him. Subconsciously, I called for what he actually did, which was kick me in the ass and go, I'm sorry, why are you okay with quitting? Like you have two Mm. days left. It could be impossible, but we're not going to think about that. Like, I think you owe it to yourself to push through, take it one essay at a time and get it done. And guess what? I, I did, I did it and it wasn't perfect. Definitely was not perfect. Definitely not like the best essays in history. However, I did it and I proved to myself that I could, I can't, I literally like you girls know, cause we've been through the stuff, but like to listeners, I cannot explain to you what finishing 
and not quitting in those last two days means to me and my growth personally as a human. Um, and like my pride in myself, my like, just so proud of myself. So with that next year, I want to push myself because I can like, because I'm capable because I no longer want to be okay. Accepting quitting. Like I just, hell yeah there. And, and the thing is, is like, there are definitely, definitely like there's room for none of this is like in a self-deprecating way I guess is my point like none of this is like I was lazy I was a failure I was whatever beforehand like whatever no none of that like I just want to use what I've now learned that I'm capable of going forward and being like cool so you can do better than that Mm -hmm. and you will do better because I think the anxiety of the perfectionism in the past was really my priority. And what I'd like to be my priority for next year is my prog- like my personal progress and mm-hmm. my future. So the anxiety can just like, it's, as people always say, like anxiety is always going to be there for the most part, you know, like you always live with some, if you live with it, you're living with some version of it. Um, it's just like, how do you let it, like, do you let it dictate your life or do you just let it be there and be like, Hey, I see you. Cool. Mm -hmm. Talk later. You know, Mm -hmm. like not letting them run the show. Right. Yes. So good. So good. So, so good. Knowing you can do more and allowing yourself that progress. I love that. Yeah. I'm excited. Prioritize (laughs) progress. So this past semester, I know you've just been kind of doing general studies and moving forward, knowing that you're fully capable of finishing what you start. Are you Mm going to set some um, goals for school for this year? Yeah. So, I mean, my original goal with this semester was very micro, which was get through it, learn some stuff and, you know, learn habits and time management skills and all the things. Um, I got halfway through the semester and I was like, huh, it might be very important to me to actually, you know, like get my bachelor's degree. So I still have not yet decided if that's what I want to do, because if I decide that where my future, like the direction of my future needs a bachelor's, absolutely. I'm like on board and let's do it. Um, I haven't necessarily decided which way I want to go yet, but I do have a spring semester set up. So that starts in February. I'm taking, you know, four classes, which I'm really excited about. I'm taking a history of cinema, um, geography one, cause I'm really, really bad at geography. Um, and then two anthropology classes. One is called magic, witchcraft, and religion, which if you know anything about me is so wildly up my alley. I am so freaking excited. Um, and I can't remember what the other anthropology classes, but yes, That's so, so cool. that, yeah, that's the goal for now. Um, I think at the moment I'm just taking it semester by semester and 
I think that's all I can really do right now. Also, like feels it feels silly to <laughs> with the state that we've been in in the world in 2020. It feels silly to overly plan because you just you don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. have plans, but like you we'll don't see. know. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> right. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Just keep focusing on what you want and it will come to you. Yeah, exactly. So Rach, what are you going to focus on in 2021? What is this like 2020 transition year led you up to um, feeling hopeful yeah. about for the new year? Absolutely. Well, I'd like to kind of start with what this year, how this year has led me to my conclusion. So basically the last year, which I had talked about on our previous episode was really a rough year for me in some ways. In other ways, it was like crazy abundant and awesome. And I saw so much growth in my business. Um, and personally, I feel like I really shifted my priorities around family and friends a lot. Um, and in a lot of other ways, this year was re last year, 2020 was really challenging, um, which I went into major details on that on the previous episode. Yet my takeaway that I want to move forward in with 2021 is really just finding myself again. And I know how cliche that can sound. Like it sounds like I'm about to be the star of a rom-com or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be freaking awesome. <laughs> um, yet for me, there's so much behind that. Um, the last five years of my life, maybe more, I'm losing track of time at this point, but for at least the last five years, my main focus has been on building a business that can provide for me and my family. Um, and I feel like finally here I am now five years later and I'm like, I've done it. And there are no words to explain the amount of accomplishment, pride, excitement, relief, freedom that I feel and I don't regret what I've built. Mm -hmm. I respect what I've built so much. And it's all I've been focusing on for five years mm -hmm. is learning to do the thing and figuring it out. And I mean, literally everything that's involved in running a business. I've done it. I have figured it out. And so now I feel like I can breathe and I can be like, okay, I have found who I am as a life coach. I have found who I am as a business owner. I have found who I am as a professional, which is great. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more to life than that. And I'm really looking forward to this next year in 2021, finding new hobbies and new adventures and new fun and just listening to myself more, which I talked about on the last podcast is like, I want to just honor myself like I never have before this year. And my mantra for this year is going to be, does this bring me joy? Does this bring me joy? 
Because if it doesn't and there's no long-term goal or outcome that I'm really looking forward to, then no, I'm not doing it. Um, And that's going to be a new direction for me because my old pattern was, is, does it bring someone else joy? Um, Does it bring everybody else happiness? Does it bring peace? Um, And now I'm like, does it bring me joy short term or long term? (laughs) (laughs) Do you, Do you have any ideas like hobby wise of things that you've like always wanted to try, but didn't have time or whatever that you want to, do you have any ideas this year? So the things that are coming up for me, I'm like, I don't know how I'm, if if we're still in quarantine, I'm going to have to find something else to try. I've always wanted to try CrossFit, which I, I have been getting into a little bit, like been dabbling in it um the last couple months and I'm really enjoying it Mm -hmm. um and so I really want to get more into CrossFit I also really want to try like indoor rock climbing yes (laughs) how fun yeah I just want to do things that are more fun yeah um and oh the other thing like there's I really want to go to junior college just to take fun classes. Like I don't have any education goals at this point in my life, but I really want to take dance classes and Mm -hmm. cooking classes and language classes. um, Basically until they kick me out and tell me um, (laughs) go away. (laughs) (laughs) I love that the forever learn. I like obviously so, so relate to that because even before I decided to like go back to school for like legit school reasons, I loved going back and taking, you know, when I was in my early twenties, like, yeah, a dance class here or there, or, um, I think I did an astronomy class once, which was so fascinating. And just like, yeah, these little things that like would be, easier to learn in a classroom setting right right easier and just more fun like don't get me wrong I need zoom in order for my business to work I need zoom and I need online classes and those are great and I don't want to also be doing that in my personal life if I'm Mm -hmm. doing that as a professional so Fingers crossed. I'm really hoping things lift again and we can go back to in-person classes. That's something that I really, really am looking forward to. Um, and writing. I I used to write a lot. Um, I have a whole book of poems on my bookshelf that I've never published. And so I'm dabbling with the idea of going through those, finishing that book and getting it published. Shut up (laughs) that would be so awesome it is now out there in the universe (laughs) as something that brings you joy and it is out there it's it's out there it's happening (laughs) you know what was funny is like right before i said that out loud i was like are you really gonna say this out loud to first of all (laughs) jessa and tash who are life coaches and on a public broadcast podcast but then it was already out of my mouth so (laughs) (laughs) 
can't take it back now. <laughs> no, so sorry. Yeah. So I'm really like, I'm, I haven't set specific goals that I'm working toward in 2021. I just am going for a lifestyle, a feeling that I want to create in my life, which is fun, adventure, freedom, and finding myself in joy. Oh, that is so awesome. I was actually going to ask because your mantra is like, does this bring me joy? So to me, it seems like you have a pretty well understanding of like this feeling of joy, which you just kind of described in that fun, adventure, peaceful joy. And do you have any tips for our listeners on how to recognize this feeling of joy and how to kind of embrace it absolutely so the first thing that comes up for me is recognizing what it isn't uh when somebody asks you hey do you want to volunteer for xyz i could really use another person my go-to response would be sure why not because they need me because they're asking me because it's a good cause um I don't want to disappoint this person, so I'm going to say yes. And now every week of my life for the rest of my life, I'm committed to this thing. Yet I never stop to ask myself, do I really want to do this? I only ever considered what was so important about it to the other person. This mm -hmm. cause is an important cause clearly it's bringing them joy so I want to be a part of that yet now it's like stop pause think what will my life look like if I say yes and will that bring me joy because maybe it will maybe the cause is enough passion that yes you can get down in the trenches every week and do the thing that isn't quote-unquote fun because ultimately it brings you joy but if you're not passionate about the project and you really don't care and you're just avoiding an uncomfortable conversation about, no, this really isn't my deal and I'm not interested in doing it, that's where I was at the last however many years of my life. I'm 32 years old and I think that's pretty much all – or no, I just had a birthday. I'm 33 years old. <laughs> He just like completely erased it. Like, yeah. Like, wait a second. Can I still be 32, please? Um, no, I'm 33 this year. Um, and it's always just been like, oh, I could see the other person's perspective, or I could see why this is important to them, and never freaking stop to ask myself, do I want to do this? Will it bring me joy? And that's what I'm gonna do moving forward. And that feeling is like when you recognize what joy isn't, joy isn't avoiding an uncomfortable conversation. Joy isn't doing something because somebody else expects it. Joy isn't doing something because it's quote unquote a good cause. Joy is, wow, this brings me so much fulfillment, love, purpose, and happiness. That to me is joy. And that is what I am going to fiercely pursue in 2021. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yes. 
So Tash, what about you? What are you looking forward to in 2021? So on top of everything that you guys have said, I am so on board for the self-love, the self-discovery, um, finding new adventures and bringing joy into my life. And I think what 2020 has shown me is that it has been a big transition year, not only for me personally as a family, but also for a global community as well. There has been so much that has happened, not only with like COVID, but with all these social uprising movements, there has just been a huge global awakening. And I think that's what I'm most excited for because it is like the world is waking up to a new possibility. We are seeing that the way things have been going is not what we want. And the collective is recognizing that there is a new way forward. And that this just gives me so much hope because we as individuals have the power to make that change happen by the choices that we make and by choosing to fill your 2021 with a mantra like finish what you start or does this bring me joy with mantras like that you're going inside and you're internally making yourself better so that you can make the outside world around you better as well and I think that there has been a lot of self-reflection self-contemplation this year with 2020 being like a lot of it in isolation, people going in lockdown and having this um, routine kind of broken, it has given the opportunity to say, okay, what is important to me? What am I doing? Is this actually a reflection of how I want my life to look? How I want the world around me to um, be? And I think 2020 has allowed us that brilliant time and space to reflect on what it is we have been doing and wake up to the what it is. Like, we have been fucking dealing with a lot of shit up until 2020. Like, there has been a lot of racial injustice. There has been social prejudice. There has been economic injustices. There has been a friggin' like if you focus on all the negative things that have been happening around the world, it is very, very overwhelming. And I think that's part of what my global studies degree was doing was focusing on all the terrible things that globalization has caused and and with sorry, I lost my train of thought. But I was on a roll there. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a roll yeah so with my education global studies it focused a lot on the negative and what it what's happening in the world and it was just the lens that the school that the professors were providing but I really truly believe that we are in a new awakening phase and a new awakening age where 
when we focus on what we want, when we want a brighter, more beautiful future, and we focus on that, we have the ability to create it. And right now, I'm just so excited about the future because there is that more general, global, societal awakening to all these things that are happening. And it brings me hope knowing that doing the things that we do as life coaches, doing the work internally, like Jess is doing, like Rachel's doing, working on ourselves, focusing on that so that we have a brighter, more beautiful future. That is really the ultimate hope for me for 2021. Like we have just gone through so much and I'm just so ready to wipe that away, say, okay, we have had a lot of lessons in 2020. Let's set our sights on the future and focus on what we want. And now I'm thinking I need a mantra because uh, Jessa, you have one and Rachel, you have one. So I am going to create a mantra for myself. Nice. Yeah. Yes. So much has shifted this year, um, individually and globally. And I think, I think what we're going to see, I hope, I guess what we're going to see in 2021 is the ripple effect of those changes, because I don't know. I mean, unless you really are just like very much trying to ignore, the reality of the future, I don't think there's any possibility for things to go back to a quote unquote normal, whether that was COVID and like, obviously like we want to keep the lessons and the momentum going from the social justice movements that have happened um, and see the ripple effect from those. But even just talking about COVID, like, I don't think there is a normal to go back to. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of gone. And so you do have an opportunity, like you were just saying, to look at the future and those shifts and those changes as something exciting, as something hopeful. And not only that, as our each individual responsibility, it's not just like, cool, the world's changing. It's never going to be the same. And that's somebody else's problem to like figure out how that, like what that looks like and how that happens. No, that's all of our responsibility. And you're totally right. Like the work that we are doing individually on ourselves creates just like COVID spreads, your attitude spreads just as quickly as COVID's. So you do your change on yourself and that spreads to your three friends and then they do that change on themselves and that spreads to their three friends. And Yeah, I think that um, I think that's lovely to look at the possibility of, of these shifts, shifts and ripple effects into next year as something hopeful and positive and um, better than the way that we had been living before. Yes, and maybe that will be my mantra for 2021 is just focus on what you want. So stop consuming negative and focus your attention onto the positive attitudes that you want to spread and yeah that is 
that's all I got for you there. So unless you guys have any closing um, thoughts about what you're hopeful for of 2021, we have covered so much in this episode from learning styles to joy to hope for the future. And so Rachel's going to close us off and we hope that you all have a fabulous new year. Yeah, I just wanted to say that we, unless this was talked about while I left the room for a second, we didn't talk about our goal as Babes with Hope, which our goal mm. with Babes with Hope is to have open enrollment very soon, coming soon, where we are going to help people kind of just navigate life and navigate how to set themselves up for a very successful 2021, for a very successful year. And success as we've all talked about today, is an individual definition. It's your individual self-discovery of what you want to create in your life. And so I'm really excited to do that as a team because that's something that we've been working on behind the scenes. And that is my goal for us as a group, as a trio, is to get that, um, that class, that download up and running for people so they can create the happiness and the hope and the joy and the success in their life that's appropriate for them as an individual, which I think if I might say so myself, I think that's pretty unique and individual that we do because I think other coaches, other life coaches, other mentors out there will say, do X, Y, and Z, and you will reach our definition of success. Uh, I call BS on that. Why don't we start with what people actually want in their life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm excited to do that together. And so I just had to say that. And happy new year to every single hopeful out there. We love you so much. Thanks for being on this ride with us and being on this journey with us through all of the very real, raw, vulnerable conversations. We love you so much, and we will have more for you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Babes with Hope. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of our coaching programs, you can reach us directly at babeswithhope.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.